This is Shingles at 40, the SA40 podcast, a podcast about attention deficit hyperactive disorder, ADHD, where we try to learn more about this complex disorder, how to manage it, and hopefully how to use it to your advantage. I am your host, Donovan Robinson, husband, father, entrepreneur, amateur podcaster, and guy with ADHD who now talks about it all of the time with whoever will listen, and even those who wish I would maybe chill out a bit. Join me as I dive into everything ADHD, how our brains work, being a dad with ADHD, and really see where this all takes me. So far, it's been pretty fascinating, so I can't wait to see what we will find under the next rock we turn over. Welcome back. We finally made it to episode three. I do apologize for taking so long to get this third one out. I know you've all been waiting on the edge of your seat. But when I first started this, I did not realize how complex this disorder is. And it really took me down so many different paths. And to be clear, I'm not a doctor. I'm not a professional. So I really don't want to give misinformation. And a lot of the information that I do share is, is I'm trying to do personal experience over anything else, but there is a lot of research and that research is still ongoing. But I, I do want to share some of these things because some of this information is what led me down some of these paths. So I do want to talk about that stuff so you know where I was coming from and, and why I started to do the things I'm doing and look into the things I did. For me, being diagnosed in my 40s has kind of given me this map. And I know this map's going to lead me somewhere. I just don't know where, where yet. And I can take so many different paths. I can choose to use this map or not. And the map's just a guide. I need to choose my path. Or I could choose not to use the map at all. But the cool part for me is that it, it is about the journey, not the destination. And I'll probably never get to the destination, but I don't care. I think the journey, the paths that I take are what makes this so exciting. And it's what is making life so exciting. It would be an understatement to say that this has changed my life. And at times things are definitely really hard for both me and my family. I'm not that easy to, uh, to deal with. I do think this will make me a better husband, a better father, but it's really allowing me to actually be myself and be who I truly believe I am. A lot of the stuff I'm learning is, is really going beyond ADHD. It's going beyond this disorder as this one thing. I'm learning how the brain works. I'm learning how this, this disorder is affected by environment and genetics and how genetics plays a huge role in ADHD. Being the father of, of two young toddlers, a two-year-old and a four-year-old, I was worried. I thought, could my kids get this disorder? And I really didn't want them to have to go through some of the struggles that I've gone through both as a kid and as an adult. And I know I shared some of those stories, but there's a lot. And I don't think I am the only person that has experienced these things. In fact, I've had so many people reach out to me that I've known for a long time, some, some of them my whole life. 
And because I've been doing this podcast, they've reached out to me and said, yeah, I've, I have ADHD. I can't say once I knew that I was surprised because it's one of those things that once you, you know about this disorder and you see it uh, in individuals, you just, you can't unsee it. You, you kind of see it everywhere now. And this is where people really get labeled based on this disorder. You're, that person's nuts or they're lazy or whatever it might be. And now knowing what this is, I feel like I'm way more empathetic. I can really understand some of the people that were doing similar things that I was doing, yet I was saying, oh, that person's hard to deal with. These aren't personality traits. These are your reactions brought on by a disorder. And the way you react can vary depending on your environment, your mood, your lifestyle, the way you grew up. There's so many factors and that's why this disorder is so complex because it varies in each individual and can also vary at different times in that individual. And I also want to touch on trauma and how that can affect people very differently and we have to redefine what we consider trauma because for most people trauma is a dramatic event. But what I'll talk about is trauma can really come from anything and it really is how your body can react to that trauma. So I know I bounce around a lot on here and that's okay. I'm probably going to do that because things just keep popping in my head. Stories keep coming up. This is why it's really difficult for me to do this podcast because I'll be talking about one thing and then it'll remind me of something else. And this is really, uh, if you have ADHD or you know somebody who has ADHD, this is happening to us 24-7. Our as I'm talking to you in this microphone right now, I'm thinking of three other things or four other things that are going on in my head. And so if you've talked to someone with ADHD and you really don't think that they're paying attention, they're trying, but they're also thinking of a bunch of other things at the same time and it's hard to focus. So as I started to learn more about the genetics and how it could impact or play a role in ADHD, and wanting to protect my kids from having to go through a lot of the things that I've gone through, I started to research how could I raise my kids so that they won't be affected by ADHD, but still learning how genetics plays a role. And for me, hearing that initially was, my kids are going to get ADHD from me. And that really wasn't the case. Genetics plays a role and not in a negative way. We acquire genetic traits from our parents and those genetics aren't a mistake. Those genetics are very positive traits and traits that are essential for us to evolve as humans. And that's why this, this disorder is so complex because it's not one thing, it's not this or that, but there's so many paths you could take to really learn more about this but the one genetic trait that I started to focus on is hypersensitivity. Hypersensitivity is not a disorder but it is very common in people with ADHD. It's also very common for kids or people who have eczema, allergies, asthma to also have ADHD and they don't have those things because they have ADHD in most cases, it's because they're hypersensitive. 
and both my kids have eczema, allergies, asthma, and the reactions and severity can range. Take a bee sting. You can have a mild reaction or you could die. And hypersensitivity isn't just physical. It's also emotional. And so hypersensitive people will react to certain situations or environments very differently. Something that could seem like a very minor thing to someone else is a traumatic experience for somebody. They feel the same way as if it was something that is deemed to be very traumatic. And that's why we really have to redefine what trauma is because it does vary in different people. The effects can be very different and can be detrimental. And if this trauma is repeated over and over because it's not really seen as traumatic, it can make a devastating effect on anybody, but especially kids. That's why this is so intriguing to me and learning about this stuff and really the science behind it and the, the biology behind it because not really understanding that didn't really give me a perspective that I think I needed. When this disorder is put into a context that I can understand, which is crazy because it's biology, it's science, something I failed at in school but it's something that's so interesting to me. I'm definitely hypersensitive. I react to things in a manner that's not always the best. It can be embarrassing. It can be something that is hurtful to other people. And for the most part, it is uncontrollable, but it is manageable. And knowing what is happening and why it's happening helps you manage this. And for me, it's environment and just what I'm doing before it gets to that point. Because once it gets to that point, then I can't control it. But it's really given me this understanding of how my kid's brain is working, what is going on inside their head, because it's not that different from what is going on inside my head. And this is essentially what ADHD is. It's a symptom it's your reaction to your environment or what's happening in that situation and really our brain that those parts of our brain that help with executive functioning have really not developed the way other people's brains have developed the same way a kid's brain is they have not developed the ability to manage executive function that is what they're learning to do and they're learning to do that from day one up until their adult years. And if you're hypersensitive and your environment does not allow you or interferes with you developing executive functioning, you become an adult with ADHD. It is manageable and there's a lot of things we can do to protect our kids from developing these symptoms or this disorder. But unfortunately, some people cannot change their environment, especially kids. You know, my son cannot pack his bags and go find a condo downtown. I'd be really impressed if he did, but I'm pretty sure he cannot do that. So it's my responsibility to create the environment for my kids so that they can thrive and allow the genetic traits that me and my wife have passed on to our kids 
to be used the way they, they were intended to be used, the way nature meant for them to be used. They aren't a mistake. And these are traits that the world needs and has been the reason for some amazing things or most, if not all, of these things in the world that we just are in awe about. It allows for enhanced perception. You can notice things that other people might not, like color, texture, sound. This is why we are musicians and artists and actors, detectives. We are empathetic and understanding. We are really creative. We have attention to detail, very intuitive. And we have an appreciation for things that are just beautiful. But we are very sensitive to stimuli. So put in environments or situations that hinder those amazing qualities can cause really negative effects. And I really debated on having this conversation here. And I think it's too long. I think it's probably really controversial. So I don't want to talk too much about it. But I really think we have to take a look at our school system and the environments that our kids who are hypersensitive are put in. And I, I want to share one story because I, I think if anyone hears this and they have kids who are going into high school, I've struggled with this disorder my entire life. I didn't know what was wrong. I didn't know what was happening. And I was lucky enough to be asked to start taking met school students as interns at my businesses. And they take challenging work, like for what I would consider challenging, English, math, those things, but they combine it with real world experiences. And this was before I, would, I was diagnosed. And I remember walking into that school on the first day and I instantly looked around and said, oh my God, if I had this school when I was in high school, wow, things would be different. These kids were sitting on the table. They were walking in and out of class. They were not in a row in desks and being told to sit down. They could come and go as they please. They could really choose their path. And because they were with most likely other kids that were much like them, they were able to take off their masks and just experiment and learn and still be a kid. If you have kids and you're interested in learning more about Met School, you can uh, Google Seven Oaks Met School. There's three of them in Winnipeg. And I believe Winnipeg was the first city to in Canada to have a Met School. And now we have three. It's pretty cool. As I started to go down this path of how to parent my kids and what are things I could do to, to lessen the risk of, of all of this, and understanding how genetics plays a role, the two really made me understand why the gentle parenting technique works and why that is so important. So many things about how to raise your kids and, and the importance of doing a lot of these things. Now, this is where the really surprising thing happened that I didn't expect. I didn't, I wasn't looking for this to happen. But in my attempt to parent my kids, I really learned how to be a parent to myself. A lot of these things that I started to do 
not only benefited my kids, but it also benefited me. It's allowed me to be more present, for the most part, more patient. My wife might disagree, but I am, I feel like I'm more patient, but it's really when I, when I understood what was going on up there, it, it put context to why these things were happening. And also the importance of being able to manage this and to control my emotions because they could definitely make and most likely will make an impact on my kids. Learning to manage my emotions. If you have ADHD or you know someone who has ADHD, it's really hard to manage our emotions. And the littlest thing could set us off. And to other people, this could look like this person's unstable or why are they making a big deal about this? But this is hypersensitive people in general. They don't have to have ADHD for this to happen, but they're really sensitive to these things. There could be sounds or they've had a long day or a bunch of things that could have happened that just does not allow them to be able to manage this well. And this is something that happens to everybody, but hypersensitive people, it affects them a lot more. And so kids who are hypersensitive, these things can really, really affect them. And it could be emotional, it could be physical, but the effects are traumatic. So how to manage your emotions became something that I wanted to learn or have a, a better sense of how to do that both for me and my kids. And I started with my kids. I started buying these books by Diane Ulber. And I believe I, I started with A Little Spot of Anger. And she uses this really clever spot, this character that identifies what emotions are. But the thing that she does that kind of made me have to take a step back was she really separated feelings and emotions. And I realized I, I had to go back to square one. I had to start learning how to manage my emotions right from the beginning. But in the process of, of trying to teach my kids, I'm, I'm really realizing that I'm, I'm Billy Madison. I'm, I'm in class with them. I'm learning with them. And I, I think it's kind of cool because I'm, I'm, giving them these resources, but I'm learning a lot and it's fun and it's not boring, but I make this a priority. It's something that's very important to me. And if I can set an example for my kids, then hopefully these things that I experienced uh, won't be something that they have to experience. For people with ADHD, you could probably relate and people who don't may, may not really understand how hard it is to to manage emotions and knowing the impact of of those things on my kids is really something that pushes me and drives me to to want to learn this but as i'm doing it i actually feel like it's it's becoming easier and easier but it also comes with a lot of other knowledge i need to know why i react the way i do what is my environment Am I tired? Am I not eating right? And when I know that these things aren't, my environment's not right for me, there's a good chance that I'm not going to be able to manage my emotions very well. And so I either have to remove myself from the situation 
but sometimes I'm not perfect and no one is. I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to lose lose my cool, as my, my son says. He started, now he has uh, blew my stack because he watched Bob Burger, Bob's Burgers and he thought that one was funny. So now that's what we use. We use uh, blew my stack. And I think the important part to note about that is I'm putting it on me. I'm letting him know that when that happens, it's me, not him, even if he's pushing my buttons. But the most important thing uh, to know is that, yes, I'm going to make mistakes, but I need him to know that it wasn't him. My reaction was because I wasn't able to manage my emotions. No kid is trying to be a bad person. No kid is trying to really make you angry it may seem that way but they're going through a lot of these struggles and I think that's why it makes me a little more empathetic to my kids because I'm going through very similar things when these things happen people with ADHD are emotionally immature I'm learning what's happening I know for somewhat for for most cases that I know what's happening or why it's happening but my kids don't and so I really need to teach them that this is what's happening in their body because there's times my son will say, I hate you, dad. Uh, you're not my dad. And that that hurts. That's an, a dagger to the heart. I'll be honest. But knowing that he doesn't mean it, he doesn't really understand. He wants to say the worst thing he possibly could think of because that's what he's feeling inside. And he doesn't know that that's just an emotion based on a feeling and so sometimes he could be really angry because he's not getting a snack and that to him could be the worst thing in the entire world and other times he's fine but the best thing I can do is let him know that I understand how he's feeling in that moment and that I still love him I still want to hug him and be around him. My daughter is a little bit younger, so these reactions, I don't see them to be as apparent. But, you know, with girls, ADHD or these type of things can present differently. We don't know what people are thinking. We make a million assumptions and always, usually always the worst. And we're reacting in a very negative way and that could build up and build up and then it can result in a blow up or saying things you really don't mean uh, like I hate you dad but five minutes later my son's happy running around hugging me so it's just a reaction but the more he knows what's going on probably he's able to control those a little better or really realize what's going on but he is a kid and I have to let him be a kid. I have to let him experience emotions, good and bad, and really separate what he's feeling from the emotional reaction. And I'll be honest, there are days when I'm trying really hard and it's, I know what's going on. I know that I've had a stressful day, something else happened and I could easily blow up and sometimes I do. Or I'm trying really hard not to react negatively with my kids and I, I end up turning 
that short temper or just the reactions that aren't that great towards my wife. And, and of course she doesn't deserve that. And, you know, I just, I try to apologize uh, immediately after because sometimes it's, it's not, it's just a tone, but she's not going to feel great when I'm responding in a way that's not necessarily respectful or just feeling like I'm pushing her aside. And, and I don't want to do that either. So, I'm getting better at my managing my emotions around my kids. It's still really hard to manage my emotions around adults. And maybe it's because I'm putting all this effort and time into my kids that sometimes I forget that there's other people out there and they need that compassion and empathy as well. And I have the most amazing wife in the world and I want her to know that my reactions are not her they are a result of of other things and at that point i wasn't able to focus on it and manage it and so as soon as the dust settles i i gotta talk about it or just let her know that that i'm sorry and adh people can be very stubborn so a lot of times these things happen and we try to just uh, brush it under the rug and forget about it and hopefully everyone else forgets about it but kids they don't forget right I think when you do this every day it can be traumatizing if your kid is getting on your nerves because they want you to look at something and you get frustrated and you your emotional reaction is anger what's that kid gonna think are they gonna think what am I doing I'm doing something wrong and they're not but I want to try to not talk about ways you can parent or uh, necessarily giving you advice here because I'm not an expert and there is a lot I'm still learning. It's just my experience, what I want to share with you, what I've done. And the reason why I'm doing it is because this is the knowledge or this is why, why I'm doing it. I could definitely go into a longer conversation about these things, but there's a lot of information out there. And really it is... I, the term, they've termed a lot of this gentle parenting and I think that can be misleading because it almost feels like, and this was my perception, is you're just letting your kids walk all over you. But what I've found by doing this is, A, I've seen a change in my kids, but I've seen a profound change in myself. The more patient I am with my kids, the closer I feel to them. I feel like they're my friends. I feel like they're somebody that we can have conversations with and they're two and they're four. But if majority of their life I'm yelling at them or telling them to get off this or, or do that, it's really disruptive parenting. I'm interrupting their growth and I need to let them do the things they're doing whether I like it or not. But teach them how to be good humans by setting an example, not yelling. I want to be friends with them, but also make sure they know that I'm their parent and, and that I'm there for them and that they can talk to me whenever they want, when they have problems. And I think that's something that I've really struggled with in my relationships with friends, with my parents, and not not to do with any of them it was all me because I was always really scared to share things 
I thought, what are people going to think of me? And I thought that about my own parents and my own family and friends and people I was with. But when I have this approach of calm and being able to manage my emotions, our relationship is better because we're spending less time having those fights and trying to get them to do things they don't want to do. But also realizing that there's a lot of the things that I was telling them to do or not wanting them to do that weren't that important or that were not allowing them to just be kids and do those things because maybe they were bothering me or annoying me at the time. And I've kind of let, for the most part, a lot of that go. It's still sometimes annoying and (laughs) gets to the point of, yeah, I can't handle it. But I know I either need to remove myself from the situation. And if it's just me and the kids, I got to figure something out. And there's times, yeah, I've been like, I lost it. I blew my stack. And I think even in public situations, we're more worried about what other people are going to think of you when your kids are, are acting up or, quote, misbehaving. And that's something I've also tried to really let go. And if they're not hurting anyone... Who cares? They're kids. One of the other things that I started to read about is really letting your kids know that you're there for them and that no matter what they do, bad, good, whatever, you still love them unconditionally. And I know as a parent, it's to you, it's very obvious, but to a kid, it's not necessarily that obvious. And so if they're being lazy and you're giving them shit for that or they're they're throwing a tantrum and you're telling them that's not okay well you're really telling them that it's not okay to feel the way you're feeling and for me that was really what happened growing up i was i was very emotional and i was always told to stop crying or you're a baby and that impacted me that was traumatizing because I thought it's not okay to cry. It's not okay to feel this way. And I felt that way a lot. So I thought something was wrong with me. Why do I feel like this all the time? And if that's put on you over and over and over, which kids have tantrums every day and you're doing this to them every day, I mean, that could definitely impact them. Before I was diagnosed and in a short time after, I was never content with the present. I was never happy or I always felt restless, like I wanted to get to the next thing. Monday would come around, I couldn't wait to the, for the day to end. The evening would come around, I couldn't wait to go to bed so I could start the next day. And this would continue throughout the week because I couldn't wait to get to Friday. Friday would come, the weekend would come, and I couldn't wait to get back to work because I wanted to, I probably wanted some routine or or some structure. And this was just week over week, month over month, year over year, never ended. And just looking at my kids and understanding that they will never be one again. They'll never be four again. This version of my son and my daughter right now, I will never see them again. And so I need to enjoy them right now. 
And part of learning about a lot of these things were having your kids really understand that you're there for them and you're present and not in the same room, actually being present. I would get up fairly early. I would make my kids breakfast and their lunch. Then I would go to work and they would get up and I thought, you know, I did my my dad duties. I got their lunch. I provided for them. Just don't bug me. And my son would always ask me to draw. Dad, come draw. And I would say, I got to get work. I get stuff done because I found I got a lot more done before the workday started. And that felt good. It also felt like that was very important to me. But a couple times I, I said, you know what? I'm going to draw with my son. And drawing was something that I did when I was very young with my dad. And I became a not, I could draw. I was, I, I liked drawing cartoons and I did this throughout high school and I, I enjoyed it. It was something I, I really liked doing. And it was a thing I got to do with both my son and my daughter because my daughter now jumps in and, and draws stuff. And we started doing these collaboration drawings where I'll draw something and, and they'll finish it or vice versa. And and I don't worry about what I need to do. I'm I'm actually present in that moment and it's 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 awesome. Like it's it's cool to do that with them and see the progress. See them learning and getting better. And my son will will take my drawings and he'll try to redraw them. And he's getting good. Like it's that is so exciting. And it's something that I get to experience that I never would have been able to do if I was not diagnosed with with ADHD or really learning about this stuff. But I know the impacts of being present and him knowing that no matter no matter what, he doesn't have to look up and know that I'm there. He knows that I'm paying attention. That's going to create a lot of confidence in both my, my son and my daughter. They're not going to have to look uh, for assurance from other people. They're not going to have to worry, is this person paying attention or things like that. And those are things that I definitely struggled with. And, and I would say I still do today. But I think, I truly believe it's a lot better. But it's really given me this insight onto what really is important. And I don't know if other people, this is like, yeah, it's common sense, but it wasn't for me. And I, and a lot of people I've talked to, it's not. And, and a lot of people I see with kids, it's not. But that right there is worth all of this. It's, it's, it's worth the 45 years that I've gone through not knowing. Because if I knew when I was younger, I don't know if I would be here. I think I really needed to go through these things I needed to understand the impacts so that I can be more empathetic I could and I'm, I'm glad that my kids are still young because before there was times that I would lose my cool where I don't think it was I didn't think it was overly bad and maybe that moment was gone but understanding that that can leave an impact really scares me and it makes me want to make sure that I'm not going to do that again. But also just being present in their life makes me realize that I'm not looking 
for them to be five or six or get older. I'm looking at them right now and enjoying them right now. And you always hear from everyone that enjoy it. It's it's going to go by fast. And I've, I've thought that. I believed it. But life happens. You're, you're, you have a lot going on. And it's not easy. It's a challenge. And depending on your situation, your environment, it's, it's not that e- it's not easy. It's actually very difficult. And I think I'm pretty lucky. But there's people that their situation, their environment does not allow them to be able to take those moments. And this is where I could definitely go off on these tangents, because I do think this is a bigger problem. I do think that we need to really look at this disorder as an everybody problem, not just the people who have ADHD, because it's impacting everybody. It's impacting our world. And if we don't recognize that, we could lose a lot of really good people. And also understanding that the people that majority of the people that have this are hypersensitive or they have those genetics, those are genetics that are amazing. Those are the genetics that have created some of these things that that we cannot live without. These people have created the music you listen to, the art you look at, the TV shows you watch. And if you have a kid that has these genetics and they're hypersensitive, you need to protect that. And yeah, you can't protect them all the time, but you can definitely give them the best possible opportunity. And that starts with you. That starts with how you react. That starts with the emotional responses that that you are able to control. But again, for me, it's it's made me happier. It's It's given me a bigger purpose. And it's given me a better relationship with my kids. I, I do feel like they're my friends. I now get to enjoy the time I have with them, not worry about what thing I need to do or get them to this place because we're going to be late. And what what is going to happen if we're late? Really? No one's going to die. Nothing that bad is going to happen, but we are put under this this pressure that you have to be here on time, you have to be there. And and that was something that, that's another part of this disorder is we worry so much about missing deadlines and not being on time because we don't want to perceive a certain way. And it's easy to forget things. I forget dates all the time. If they're not in my calendar, I forget them. If I don't plan my day out in the morning, it's gonna go, it's gonna go all over the place. But I have to just be okay with that. And that is really, really hard. Because for someone with ADHD, this can feel like the world is falling apart. And it can really affect the way I am with my kids and my wife. And I don't like that. So I have to remove myself from situations. And sometimes it it can be a drastic change. And sometimes it's just these little changes. But I I had... uh, uh, someone I worked with use an analogy of a rowboat so everyone's in the boat rowing and what are the things that are going to make the boat go faster versus what are the things that are going to not make the boat go faster and I switch that analogy a little bit but I say 
what are the things that are going to benefit my kids and what are the things that are going to impact them negatively and I know I can't always do that but I can see those things and say well that's not going to benefit my kids it's not going to benefit me it's not going to benefit my wife so let's try to remove that or let's not do those things and yeah that is going to piss some people off I guess what I'm trying to get at is by trying to create an environment that was better for my kids, I've created an environment that was really better for myself and has been able to help me manage myself and this disorder better. And knowing that there are going to be days that my kids have tantrums and they're not going to be easy, but that's, they're just being kids and I don't need to react negatively and sometimes that's hard too because we grew up I grew up thinking that you need to be you need to discipline if you're if your kids are throwing tantrums or doing things they're not supposed to you need to put them in their place or give them a time out and so that's really hard to change that that mentality and, and change those habits and sometimes when they're doing these things and I'm not reacting or or reacting in a positive way and just saying, giving them a hug because I know they're they're probably feeling feeling really emotional at that moment. They're not trying to hurt anybody. Uh, it 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 feels like is this working? Is this the right thing to do? And that's because it's a short term situation, and I cannot interfere in that process. I don't want to be disruptive. The long-term effects that I noticed is, is where I can see this happening and, and where it's working. I see my kids being more creative and being, being more confident and just doing things that they want to do and no one's interrupting them. Allowing them to learn that if they jump on things, they're going to get hurt. If you hit your sister, she's going to get upset and cry. But yelling at them in those moments is just a short-term solution but I really think it's the joy that I get out of this and, and watching them grow and being present with them when they're going through the, the, these things and when they're when they're having tantrums knowing that they're they're struggling it's hard for them right now and being empathetic in those moments and just being there for them. Even if they push me away and not want me there, they know, I want them to know that when when the death settles, when they're calm, they can come to me and I'm there. I'm not going to be mad. I'm not going to be upset. And if I ever do get mad and upset, they need to know immediately that that was me, that wasn't them. Nothing they did was wrong. Hypersensitive kids, and even hypersensitive adults, but especially kids, can really feel the emotional state that, that their parents are in. And I've definitely witnessed this. And this is why it could seem like when, when your kids are acting up and getting on your nerves, it seems to be when you're in more of a negative emotional state. They can sense this and they can feel that you're also struggling and so they don't know how to manage their own emotions and they're just feeling something that you're feeling 
I don't think we give our kids enough credit, especially when they're toddlers. They have these intuitions. They have things that we lose as we grow up. And these are very special things. If we can retain these things, it will, I believe it'll make us just better people. If we can all be kid-like in a positive way, that is awesome. For me, I'm sharing my experience with my kids. They're toddlers and there are parents that have kids that are older. They're they're eight, nine, they're in their teen years, and they may start doing these techniques or trying these things, and it, it might be a lot harder to implement because so much has been ingrained in their head. They're, it's not easy to change these things. I think I'm seeing results quite quickly because my kids are still young. I think the important part here is, is to not give up, is to know that trying one of these things uh, over the other and and that doesn't work so you try the next thing that's not really how this works if you change their diet and you don't see results well that's not going to work if that's the only thing you're tr- you're 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 trying you need to implement a lot of things both with yourself and your child and you have to keep doing them and it's going to be a lot of work but i also urge you to to talk to a professional i am not I am learning this as I go. I am sharing my experience, my experiences with young kids. Being a parent is hard, whether you have ADHD or not. But I am pretty sure that everybody does not want to look back on their kid's life and their involvement in their life and regret it. And for for lots of parents, this just is second nature. This comes very easily very easy at least the the patient's part and dealing with their kids and even even those parents most likely have moments so my experience again is little kids and I have ADHD these are the things that I struggle with and these are the things that I am doing to to try and improve myself and to give my kids the best chance they can I know there's lots of parents and people that do not have the ability or it's not as easy to to implement these things and it can go back to, to go back generations and when people don't really understand the impact of residential schools and how this disorder is most likely very prevalent in indigenous kids my great grandma was in a residential school family didn't talk about it a lot and I did reconnect with my aunt recently and and mention this stuff and she told me a little bit about it but she said that she our, our her grandma didn't want to talk about it and only said that the, the the nuns were very mean and this is where it comes back to environment if you're put in the wrong environment bad things will happen you you cannot thrive. You cannot be the best kid or person you can be because you're not really given the opportunity. And because genetics plays a role, this stuff just continues on and on and on. And that is definitely another topic and another another path to follow and have a conversation about. But having kids 
for me has made me more empathetic towards all kids and kids that people say that's a bad kid no that's not a bad kid that kid is a product of their environment even those parents they're a product of their environment and so that's definitely why I see this as being a bigger thing. This is something that we all need to take a look at and we, we need to focus on the kids and where this begins, not what's happening right now. Don't wait till it gets to that point, which is what's happening now. A lot of the psychiatry and the, the help that you can get is when you're already at that point. There's, there's not a lot of education. There's not an, a lot of people who are aware, be parents, teachers, education boards. And if they do know, they, they're not given the ability to make these changes or make an impact. And I'm sure a lot of people just at some point get exhausted. I'm sure we all know teachers that came in excited ready to teach and we're, we're passionate about it and at retirement or even earlier uh, they're they're burnt out they cannot continue especially early learning educators they are definitely not given the respect they deserve they are part of your kid's life when it is probably the most important time in their life it's when they are learning about feelings and emotions. They are learning how to manage this stuff. And my kids, I know there's things that they, they learn. They come home uh, from, from school or daycare and they know their ABCs. I didn't teach them that. They know how to count. No, we try. We do those things. But they're impacting their lives and in their lives probably just as much, if not more, than I am because they're there all day during the week. And that's another reason why that time I have with them is so precious. It's, it's not a lot. I have a bit of time in the morning and a bit of time in the evening before they go to bed and that's it. And we have the weekends. And if I'm filling that time working or not taking those opportunities, I'm really missing out on the majority of their life. Being an older dad, I've always said, oh, I wish, you know, I, I'm older. Uh, I, I won't have as much time with them. I wish, that's the one thing I kind of wish is that I'm going to have more time with them. But then you don't take the time you have. So it's really on me to have as much time as I can. Given the fact that I am an older dad and I am doing these things, I may actually have more time with my kids and someone that is with them all the time because I'm with them. I'm present. I'm watching what they do and, and enjoying just watching them grow and learning from them every day. They've taught me more than I've probably taught them. So I could look back on my life and just say, why didn't anyone tell me that I had this? Why didn't I know that the reason why I was doing the things I was doing, feeling the way I was feeling, was because of a disorder. And I have to be very honest with myself that this is a disability. It, something that I could be going a few weeks just 
on the top of the world and then in a in a drop of a hat i am immobilized i can't do anything i'm disabled so yeah this has been a struggle this has been a challenge and there's other people that this has affected them even even more than me and some people it it hasn't really affected them as much you see people like justin timberlake or michael phelps who who have this disorder I'm sure there are many times that they've struggled or this disorder has impacted them, but they've also used it to their advantage and they've thrived and they were in the right environment. I don't know their childhood. I don't know how they grew up, but I'm assuming they were given opportunities and they had some privileges that allowed them to do these things that, they, that they're doing now. There's a lot of people that don't get those opportunities. So how many, how many talented people are we missing out on? How many beautiful minds do we, do we not get to see or experience the work they do because we're not nurturing them as a child? We're not putting them in the right environment. It's very tough for me to do these podcasts because I'm touching on a really small area because... ADHD is so complex and I'm focusing on little little parts and why people get ADHD and how it affects them and and how the brain works that is really complex and I am touching the surface here I I would love to know more and I'm just giving little glimpses into into all of this but I I hope to know more I hope to learn more I hope to have conversations with other people and just learn their experiences and how they manage these things. And that's why, to me, community is so important, especially with, with this disorder, because when you're with people that, that kind of understand or have gone through some of these things, it definitely puts you in a better place. It makes you a happier person. When you're a happier person, you're better to your family. And my ultimate goal is to be better to my family to give my kids an open field, let them do what they want, let them experience and learn, make mistakes, get hurt, be sad, but know that those are just emotions. Those are temporary. They're not going to last forever. As much as I want to keep talking about this stuff, I know that I need to just say, okay, enough is enough. I got to get this, this episode out. But I also want to be clear, I do not have this all figured out. I don't want to make this seem like I know everything and I'm a perfect parent or a perfect husband or a perfect person. There are days that I I question all of this. There's days I just want to curl up in a ball. Am I doing the right thing? Am I providing the right information? Am I doing the right thing for my kids? But when I look back on my life, the times that I've chose empathy, compassion, and kindness, I've never once regretted those moments. Even if something negative came out of it, I know that what I did was the right thing. So if I can lead by example and parent my kids that way, I have no reason for it not to be the right way to go. Well, that's it for me. I, I hope you enjoyed this podcast and, and you continue to listen. 
follow me on my Instagram at shingles at 40 as well as TikTok and Twitter and check out my website sa40podcast.com I got a ton of resources for parents with ADHD for adults with ADHD and just anyone who wants to learn about this disorder check it out there's some fun stuff playlists and and, uh, stuff like that